Now, continuing the analysis of what happened in Hanoi, Mintaro Oba, former State Department diplomat specializing in the Koreas over in the U.S. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. We spoke to you yesterday. And actually, you know, I'd been fairly pessimistic, but then I allowed myself to be optimistic. I almost feel a bit naive in hindsight because of the kind of comments that Chairman Kim Jong-un was saying, directly engaging with the media, saying things like, you know, he wouldn't be in Hanoi if he wasn't taking denuclearization seriously. What's your view on, on the timeline of events? Do, do you think that um, they were always far apart or, or that there was some late hiccup between the two leaders? Well, we've always known that denuclearization was going to be a very complex and difficult issue for the United States and North Korea, and we knew that they were far apart on the issue of sanctions relief. And so, in a way, it wasn't surprising what we saw happen. Um, but I think uh, what ultimately happened was that the North Koreans uh, miscalculated and thought that the United States might be uh, so desperate in the climate of uh, a, su- a summit with time pressure and uh, media attention that uh, they would make concessions they otherwise wouldn't. But it was a bit odd because we we were we saw that extended summit with uh, senior officials joining the two leaders yesterday morning. It was afternoon for us here in Seoul, and then that finished, and we were expecting there to be a working lunch, and everything seemed positive. But the, the working lunch was delayed and eventually cancelled. So. I, I, I can't work out from the outside what was going on on the inside. Right. It is, it is very hard to tell what, what happened. Um, and it would seem to me logical to continue with the leader-level discussions until the last minute to allow the negotiators at the lower levels maximum possible time. But clearly, uh, they decided internally early on that... Uh, a joint statement was not happening. Well, one can only imagine that both leaders, or perhaps just one of them, was sort of concealing their innermost feelings when they were putting on a brave face after that uh, initial extended summit discussion, and, and that they had a word with somebody and, and decided to take a few moments to reflect. Um, we have had this quite dramatic comment from North Korea's foreign minister at a late press conference insisting there'll be no change in North Korea's stance going forward. So no matter how positive President Trump was, and we can hear from President Trump in a moment, um, d- does that suggest the, the kind of end of the road for this dialogue if North Korea is not willing to change its position? No, I don't think so. I think both sides, the United States and North Korea, remain committed to the diplomatic process. Both leaders have personally invested in it, and they would pay uh, costs at home probably if this process failed in a big way. So I expect both sides to try and make this work, at least uh, in uh, working-level negotiations over over the coming weeks and months. Well, let's take a listen to President Trump, just to get a sense of where he was at after the uh, kind of downturn of events um, from yesterday afternoon, our time. We spent pretty much all day with uh, Kim Jong-un, who is, uh, he's quite a guy and quite a character, and uh, I think our relationship is very strong. But at this time, we had some options, and at this time, we decided not to do any of the options. 
and we'll see where that goes. But it was uh, it was a very interesting two days. And I think actually it was a very productive two days. But sometimes you have to walk. Taken on face value, that all sounds very reasonable. But President Trump suggested North Korea wanted to um, go for full sanctions relief. North Korea later clarified they were going for partial sanctions relief. That that's um, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? If they've got such different interpretations, certainly. And um, I think it is true that the sanctions relief the North Koreans seem to be asking for. Uh, which cut across five different UN Security Council resolutions, was much too high for for the the closure of uh, Yongbyon. Uh, so I think the U.S. negotiators were were right, if that was the case, to to walk away or at least stand on principle and say that um, the United States could not offer that level of sanctions relief or that sort of uh, small progress on denuclearization. And when you said before that neither of these can really afford domestically, I, I just want to challenge that a little bit, um, the idea that they can't afford to uh, sort of draw away from negotiations now. And President Trump has a whole load of distractions. Kim Jong-un can dress this up as he likes through state-run media. And and we heard Vladimir Putin famously say in the past that North Korea's regime would, would eat grass before giving up their nukes. I don't know if that starts to, to become um, more true now or not. But, but, but isn't it possible that uh, they can find their own ways of playing things at home? At least from Trump's point of view, the public have got far bigger concerns at home. Well, I think those points are well taken. But President Trump is looking toward the 2020 presidential election and... He needs to uh, maintain the enthusiasm of his supporters, um, and even uh, I'm sure he hopes to bring some U.S. political independence into the fold so he can have enough of a coalition to win. And to him, I think that will require reinforcing this uh, this brand of being a great dealmaker. And the North Korea diplomatic process is really his only possible claim to that identity. And I doubt that President Trump will want to look like a failure on that score. Uh, as for North Korea, certainly Kim Jong-un has control over the levers of power and the levers of communication. He can control the message that the North Korean people hear. But he also you know, relies on the loyalty of North Korean elites and the North Korean military. Um, and to some extent, perhaps he has put his reputation on the line by embracing this bold diplomacy. So if he is not able to to deliver good results for North Korea's interests, it's certainly possible that he will pay a price, at least with North Korean elites in Pyongyang. Mintaro Oba, former State Department diplomat specializing in the Koreas, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. There is this irresistible urge in the media to declare a winner or a loser. I'm not sure if it's clear at all at this point and much of it depends where you stand politically whether you're feeling positive about president trump w- walking away or not but one thing i would say for chairman kim is that he gets to stay in vietnam for a couple of days and he's having a state visit that he otherwise would probably never have had if it had not been for this dialogue and maybe we'll find some economic inroads there and that would be a win for him we can reflect on that a bit more after eight this morning uh we're going to continue the analysis but this half hour we're going to shift up our focus to today's national holiday and its significance first our news bite with kim hae young